The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening uh, all over Mississippi and surrounding states and quite actually all over the world now that we are streaming here from Super Talk. Uh, Bubba, we're, t- we're talking about uh, financial matters to people all the time. And one of the issues we find ourselves honing in on is risk. Mm-hmm. Risk. Can you eliminate risk from your life? We, we talked about this a, a little bit uh, last week uh, about the different risk um, mitigation things that you could do, right? You mm-hmm. can avoid risk. You can eliminate risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can transfer risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many different ways that you can deal with risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was your question? Your so question, question was, is, can, can you, you eliminate and eliminate? Yeah, absolutely. You can. All right. So give me an example of eliminating it. Um, all right. So there's a risk that I would have, uh, driving my vehicle that I could have a wreck mm-hmm. to eliminate that risk. I would just not drive the vehicle. <laughs> okay. So to totally eliminate that right. from your life, mm-hmm. like people maybe uh, have a, a fear of a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Well, just don't go don't fly. Plane. Yeah. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I guess one could fall out of the, the, the sky and fall on you, but yeah. um, you know, you'd meet it at the side of the, uh, of the crash. Mm-hmm. But uh, to eliminate something, you just wouldn't engage in it in, the, in this yeah. example. Yeah, that's right. All right. But if you engage in it, you get in the car, mm-hmm. you get in the plane, there are some other things you can do to lessen the risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take flying lessons, right? I do. Yeah. And you want to be a solo pilot yourself mm-hmm. and be able to fly from here to the coast if you want to Correct. one of these days. And so um, a lot of your training is about how to make sure you don't fall out of the sky. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you do some things inside the, the cabin of that plane yeah. to try to reduce your risk. Sure. One of the biggest things is make sure you've got enough gas. Yeah. Let's start you there, know? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and so there are a number of things. I mean, so relating it to airplanes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I can't tell you how many uh, small engine uh, aircraft have had uh, wrecks or crashes because they ran out of fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, John Denver, mm-hmm. his whole issue was something related to fuel, yeah. and he didn't know how to switch from one tank to the other, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Kennedy kid, mm-hmm. uh, John Kennedy's yeah. son, uh, uh, he, he had issues mm-hmm. with that. And so my point related to risk is you can eliminate it, but you may not be able to in, uh, involve yourself in the activity. You can eliminate mm-hmm. uh, car wrecks mm-hmm. from your life, but you don't need to get in the car. You can eliminate your airplane crashes, but you don't need to get get in there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You can eliminate drowning from your life probably, but you never need to get on the boat or try to go swimming. 
But if you do those things. Then again, I mean, you could drown in a teaspoon of water, I've always heard, right? <laughs> if you suck it up the yeah. wrong way. Uh-huh. If you're going to involve yourself in those things, though, there's some things you can do to mitigate the risk, to reduce uh-huh. it. You can't totally eliminate it. The, the, uh, motivation for me going on and on about this risk thing is that we've had three. We just came through the end of a year. Uh-huh. And so we're looking at the end of the year accounting and end of the year uh, returns mm-hmm. and end of the year analyses uh, for a number of things, your own personal mm-hmm. books or the stock market or whatever, how the government did whatever. And we look at the stock market, we've had three straight positive years. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. People tend to get a little cocky. They do. Huh? Mm-hmm. They tend to take on a little more risk than they're probably comfortable with. Here's Bubba. You know, he drives around in his car. It's been years since he had a wreck. So maybe he's not paying as much attention as he should. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the 18-wheeler comes out of left field. huh? Maybe I'm not wearing my safety belt. Uh, Maybe I'm driving a little too fast. uh, Because, you know, you haven't Mm -hmm. had a wreck in years. Mm -hmm. And we have that tendency to kind of let our guard down. Mm Mm-hmm. But the point I'm making is uh, way back when you had no market exposure experience in your life, let's say the first time you signed up for a 401k, okay, and you sat down with Greg and Bubba and we did that risk analysis, and we talked about your personality, and we said you need to be in a 70-30 portfolio, which means 70% stocks and 30% mm-hmm. bonds and other alternatives and cash equivalents, whatever. Because 70 is 30 uh, and then three years in a row, the stock market's gone up. So what's probably happened to your allocation? Well, your allocation has probably gone to about 85 or 90% stock mm-hmm. and 10% bonds. Now, did Phil do anything at all inside his 401k? Did he change it? Didn't do a thing. Well, all he did, did was add go? a little bit of money here and there. How did it go from 70-30 to 85-15? Well, when you've got positive uh, returns in the market, and the stock market specifically, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. then those values are going to go up. That's what, And they're going to go up disproportionately maybe to the bond allocation that you've got. Uh, yeah, so the value on mm-hmm. the 70% side has gone up so much more right. than the, the value over mm-hmm. on the 30% side that now when you look at the total portfolio, that big value outweighs the other mm-hmm. one more than 70%, 30%. That's right. So what should he do now? Well, um, many 401ks have an automatic rebalancing feature. So he could set it on autopilot? Yeah. It's called an easy button. Dude. Yeah. So if he felt like 70-30 is his thing, mm-hmm. then maybe he should set that up so it... Now, how often yeah. will it rebalance for him? It, it, it depends on the frequency in which you select it. So it can be oh. annually. It can be semi-annually. Okay. Most times it's done quarterly. Okay. So it'll take a snapshot every quarter, mm-hmm. um, or this rebalancing feature will take a snapshot every quarter, mm-hmm. and it'll say, hey, you know what? Phil said that he's a 70-30, but he's actually gone to, to 75-25. Mm-hmm. Let's sell 5% on the stock side and buy 5%. Or, yeah. or the same proportionate yeah. amount on the bond side. Now, what that is forcing to happen is the old-fashioned advice Grandma gave you: That's the right. buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. So he's selling high now, while the 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 weight of the mm-hmm. old seventy percent is now eighty-five percent. He's shaving a little bit of profits off yeah. the top. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. And going ahead and putting it back. Now, it's probably important for him to do that because are we guaranteed that the market's going to be positive every year? We are not. We are not. So we're going to go to break and come back and talk about how to maybe reduce that risk, especially if you're a retiree here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Supertalk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about risks and maybe ways to reduce it. And I kind of bumped us into and teased us through that last break by saying that I wanted to come back and talk about how to reduce some risks for retirees. Okay. Now, I'm going to make this all-encompassing kind of huge blanket statement here that we can tear apart if we needed to. I'm going to say if you're a retiree, like an early retiree, Mm -hmm. you've just done it. In fact, you had somebody call you yesterday that told you they had already done it, and then they need to talk to you. I did. Just yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, an individual called and said, well, uh, I've retired, uh, (laughs) and it's a a partial retirement. They're going to work somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've retired, and they need to come see me about doing their rollover. You would have preferred that they'd talk to you before they pull the trigger. Yeah, that's correct. All right, so let's say you have pulled the trigger, whether you talked to Bubba Mm -hmm. before or after or whatever, but you've pulled the trigger. Let's say it's one of those where it's not a partial. Mm-hmm. Or you totally retired. You ain't working anymore. Right. Okay? You're never going to get another compensation paycheck. Now, let's have, let that set in, uh, settle mm-hmm. just a little. You're never going to get another compensation paycheck. Okay? You've been used to those for 30, 40, 50 years. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get them anymore. Is that intimidating? Could be, if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, that's why we need to walk through this and talk mm-hmm. about this and, and, and maybe discuss the risk that your money needs to be put at, all that stuff. But I'm going to, with this blanket statement, say that I think that retirees, this person who's never going to get another paycheck before or, or again, and um, they, they're going to rely on their pile of money that they've saved, whether it's their 401k, their savings, mm-hmm. whatever. They're going to rely on maybe some uh, pension, Social Security, that sort of thing. Right. And maybe they're going to rely on you know, income coming off the cattle and maybe a rent house or something. But mm-hmm. they're not going to get another paycheck. Those people really have three major risks that they're going to have to handle the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Number one's longevity. Yep. What do I mean by that? How long are you going to live? Mm-hmm. I, I can adequately tell you um, if you'd give me a specific date of death, <laughs> how much money you will need in order to accomplish your goals throughout the it, end of your lifetime. To make right? it from here to yeah. there. And that's assuming that you just die and you don't go into long-term care, need a nursing home or anything like that, right? Well, if I could tell you, Bubba, on December the 7th, 2065 mm-hmm. is going to be my day. I'm going to be yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. Then you can figure it out. I can, I can, I can to a T. I can figure it out. I, I can even adjust that for inflation for you over that period of time. But we don't know that. We don't know that, and it's probably a good thing we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah. So longevity is an issue. And, and and I could also judge that and say if you wanted a certain amount of money left over at your death. Oh yeah. 
right? Yeah. I could do that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to leave each one of the kids $10,000. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can do the math for it. Mm-hmm. If you just knew the date, but it's appointed under man once, and, and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's right. We don't know. All right. So longevity, am I going to live two weeks after I retire and I have no more paychecks and I got to rely mm-hmm. on the social security and the savings and the pensions and stuff, or am I going to live 25 years? Mm-hmm. Most account or financial planning software packages make you and me calculate somewhere between 30 and 40 years, don't we? Yeah, so I, I would say that most financial planning software calculates uh, life expectancy life expectancy for individuals out to like 90, maybe 92 years old. So if you retire at 65, mm-hmm. we're talking 25, 30 years. Right. Um, I, I like pushing that out a little bit. Um, I like a little cushion. I like a little yeah. margin of error. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just in case Daddy Warbucks over here lives to be 110. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and our executive mm-hmm. producer Phil, who we affectionately call Daddy Warbucks, uh, he's told you he intends to right. live well up mm-hmm. into his hundreds, and so because of that, we need a little bit of wiggle room, mm-hmm. huh? Correct. And so, if financial planning software tells us we need to calculate twenty-five to thirty, we like to calculate thirty-five to forty. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is some money left over. Maybe there's not as much worry. Um, maybe somebody does inherit something, or at least he can stay in a certain standard of living mm-hmm. um, and be able to enjoy life like he wants to during that, that intervening 25, 30 years. Now, longevity is one of those major risks, major issues for people who are never going to get another paycheck. The other one is health, health issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people who, you know, they're in their 50s and 60s, and they're pretty healthy. And what do we assume? We're gonna be that way forever. Yeah, you think? Do you think so? I mean, I've never had issues mm-hmm. with my heart. I've never had the cancer. I've never had problems with my back. Man, I'm gonna be fine mm-hmm. forever. Very few people in the hospital thought they were gonna be there. It comes out of left field on you. So how do you kind of prepare for that? How do you, especially financially? Mm-hmm. How do you make that part of your financial plan? Well, uh, insurance is a big, big component of that. It is. Right? Yeah. So we talked at the beginning of the show about um, how you transfer risk. Mm. Um, so mm. transferring your risk of your health care onto an insurance company is one of those ways. And you've been kind of used to that doing yeah. that mm-hmm. throughout your adult life when, you know, one of the major issues of... Um, why you chose this job over that one was, did they give you health insurance? Mm-hmm. So if you retire at 62, we've got three years there before Medicare, Medicare supplements and stuff probably kick in for you mm-hmm. unless you disabled or whatever. And so maybe insurance That's is right. part of that plan. Uh, also, there may be kind certain kinds of assets that you could mm-hmm. use. Uh, and reallocate that could be part of the answer to that plan. But health care is a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue to every w- person walking on the earth. Well, not to most 24-year-olds, right? They don't think so. Yeah, they don't think so mm-hmm. until they need it. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, it can break you, not just physically, but it can break you financially. So longevity is a major issue, Health is a major issue. 
Market exposure mm-hmm. and market volatility is another issue. Now, there's this sequence of returns, and and if the market takes a dip and you're taking money out of your savings, it can hurt, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, if Daddy Warbucks Phil over there has a million dollars in his investment portfolio and he's taking four, five, six percent out of there, he's taking somewhere between forty and sixty thousand dollars a year he should be okay for this 25 30 40 years we think he's going to be in retirement right you would think so but if the market goes down 50 percent and he's still taking out forty thousand dollars let me let me give you a a real life example of sequence of returns and distributions during retirement okay so i'm going to back you up about 20 years here Okay. okay So we're talking about 1999, 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. What was happening around that time? Seems like it was yesterday, though. Seems like it was yesterday. That means I'm getting yeah. old, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so we had all the issues with the Y2K. And we and had the dot-com, dot-com bust. It, it, right? All, all that stuff was a perfect storm. So let's say back then you had a portfolio of a million dollars, and you were taking forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year out of it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you've got a, a 15% downturn one year. Mm. And then the next year, you've got another 20 or 30% downturn. Mm. And then the third year, three years in a row, right? Mm. You've got downturns in the market. Mm. And you're taking out distributions during that time frame as well. I see where you're going. So you're selling while things are low. Uh, which means I'm having to use more of my shares of the stuff I own. That's correct. Mm. So I wake up and it's 2001 or mm-hmm. 2002, yeah. and I went from January the 1st of 1999 having a million. Mm-hmm. That was pretty well producing $40,000 a year yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up in 2002 and it's at 700000 Or less. Let's do the math. When we were taking out 40000 of a million, you're taking mm-hmm. about 4% out. That's right. right? Yeah. But you continue to have, uh, you know, the rent due and the lights, and you wanted to go out to eat, and you need to put gas in your mm-hmm. car, so you continued to take $40,000 yeah. a year, despite what the market was doing, and you woke up in 2002 with seven hundred grand. Mm-hmm. What percentage are you taking out there? Almost six. Man. So there's 2 or 3% mm-hmm. that... It, it, almost guaranteeing me yep. that I'm going to be eating now, and, into and, the principal. And it doesn't sound like a whole lot, right? Because mm. you started off at four. Mm. Now you're only taking six, right? Mm. But as a percentage goes, uh-huh. it's 50% more yeah. income than what you were taking before. And it really puts a lot of stress mm-hmm. on uh, future returns. Right. Because now I need that, that that portfolio to do 2 or 3% more a year mm-hmm. than it was doing, which means what? I may have to take on some more risk. That's right. Because if I want better returns, higher returns, mm-hmm. I usually have to get more risk for that, don't I? Mm-hmm. That's the reason the CDs are guaranteed to give you a lower return right. than you probably got last year out of your 401k return. Because your 401k is invested in stocks and bonds and things Mm -hmm. that have market volatility associated with them. So usually you get paid more for that. Correct. Well, you get hurt more maybe in times when it's not performing Mm -hmm. and it's not as positive. So healthcare, longevity, exposure to the markets. Have I talked you out of retiring yet? (laughs) Well, 
as it as it relates to investment returns and sequencer returns, there are products out there that you can offset your risk for that. And we're going to talk about those right after this break. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about uh, risks and the risk that retirees they face and longevity and market performance and health care um, and how that, you know, you have a, a, a bad sequence in the market and maybe your sequence of return really hurts you and here you were, you're never going to get another paycheck and you're taking money mm-hmm. consistently out of this thing and ooh, I almost talked you out of retiring. Yeah. But you made a comment going into the last uh, break where you said there are strategies and maybe even financial products that people can employ to help them address this. So what are the strategies and financial products that could help somebody who sees all of these risks ahead of them, but they don't want to go to work again? Well, and I, I'm going to use uh, what some might refer to as a, uh, an ugly word in our industry. Mm. But I don't think so. I think it's a product that is out there. And, and like we talk about with prescription sometimes, if the prescription fits mm. and makes you feel better, then that's probably what you need. If it's handled correctly. If it's handled correctly. Okay. That's called an annuity. Okay. Now, there are many different types of annuities, and, and we've done shows on this. We've talked mm. about fixed annuities. We've talked about indexed annuities. Mm-hmm. We've got talked about uh, deferred annuities, mm-hmm. variable, uh, variable annuities, immediate annuities, and there's all different types out there, right? Mm. Uh, but in essence, what I was referring to is an, annu- an annuity of sorts uh, where you would off. Uh, offload or offset your risk associated with market performance mm-hmm. to an insurance company. And they're going to guarantee you a certain uh, income and or a, 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 a balance or principal balance guarantee on your account. Okay. So regardless of whatever the market does, mm-hmm. they're either going to continue to send you that income in the mail Okay. Uh, or in, in your, your checking account or however they deliver that to you, mm. or they're going to guarantee that your account is not going to go down either at all or to a certain level. Now, how do they do that? Um, they use options contracts to do that. It gets a little technical. Right. And you're taking mm-hmm. some of the risk out of your life, and mm. they are professionals, and they're right. willing to live with a certain amount of risk in their life. That's right. Because, first of all, they're pooling a lot of mm-hmm. other people's money in there. Mm-hmm. It's not just your money out there with these options contracts and right. investments and other things. So they're, they're, mm-hmm. cause not everybody's going to need income out of their account yeah. when you need income out of yours. So they're, they're, they're doing all this risk management mitigating that you don't have to worry about. And you're, and you're probably sitting over there or other people out there listening today and saying, you know, that's, that's too good to be true. I, mm-hmm. I can't believe that I could get an investment product that I'm not going to uh, you know, have any market loss in, or I'm not going to uh, have to worry about the income stream that I'm going to have. Well, it's not too good to be true. It's co- too good to be free, <laughs> right? Gotcha. So with that, just like car insurance or home insurance or any other type of insurance, this is an insurance product, and you're going to pay a premium for that. You pay for that benefit. Yeah. And that benefit may be in your mind mm-hmm. and in your financial plan reducing some risk exposure sure okay here's another way to do it and you said you used a dirty word Mm -hmm. i'm going to basically outright curse okay 
All right, prepare the FCC for it. Mm-hmm. All right, because lots of people listening to it, especially traditionalists mm-hmm. in the South or in America, listening to me throw this out as an option. But before I give it to you, let me give you this teaser. It works 95% of the time. Okay. So in other words, if you walked into a casino and Bubba said, I've got a strategy that you're going to walk out of here with 95 per, uh, a 95% chance of being successful. Mm-hmm. Most people say, show me how to play that card game. Yeah. Huh? I like those odds. I like those odds. So be- just remember, in the back of your head, mm-hmm. before your head explodes, mm-hmm. that Greg said this works 95% of the time. And I got some uh, um, analyses that just came out related to this. And there are all kinds of charts and graphs and Monte Carlo simulation and modern portfolio theory to back right. it up. Right. A reverse mortgage. Okay. Now I hear pop, 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 pop. Lots of heads mm-hmm. just exploded. Because they're thinking, the traditional thinking was what? I got to get completely out of debt. Mm-hmm. I get a really no 100% amount of debt during my retirement years, and my home is my castle. That's right. And I don't want it at risk at all. Mm -hmm. But this strategy says that in years when the market is positive, you take your income out of there. Mm -hmm. In years when the market is negative, you give your portfolio a breather. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you give your portfolio a breather, that year you take your income out of your reverse mortgage account. Mm -hmm. Now, you're probably not going to tap your reverse mortgage account, but about four or five times during this 25 to 30-year retirement that we talked about. Okay? So if I sat down with your children, and let's say that we sit down with uh, Phil, Daddy Warbucks mm-hmm. over there. So I, we sat down with his family. And we said, hey, guys, Phil's worth a million dollars. Actually, he's worth more than a million dollars. He's got a million dollars in an investment portfolio. And he's got a house that's worth a hundred grand. And he's got property associated with that house that's worth another hundred grand. Okay. And he's got a couple hundred grand in the bank account. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we call him Daddy Warbucks yeah. here in the South. He's rich. He's bad rich. All right? Now, let's talk about what my conversation with them is going to look like. I'm going to say we could do this traditional thing where we take that 4% out of that million dollars, leave his house, leave his land, leave his cash alone. Mm-hmm. We take that 4% out of that million dollars, but we've had three straight years where the market's positive. Mm-hmm. Bubba told me there was a time in history where there were three straight years that it was negative. Yep. What if we have one of those three straight years and he continues to take his 40 grand out of there, and now he's taking 6 7 8% out of his principal at the end of that mm-hmm. two or three years. And the amount that you would inherit is almost guaranteed to go down. Mm-hmm. However, if we had another strategy where we took the 40 grand out of the portfolio of stocks and bonds when the market's positive, but when it's negative, we take it out of his reverse mortgage account mm-hmm. that's going to be set up. Now, before I go further, 
tell me what the majority of Americans would say to me if I'm making this presentation to this family. You're crazy. Why am I crazy? Because you're taking uh, an asset that you already own outright mm-hmm. and uh, and and basically indebting it, okay. putting a debt on it. Was I not doing that with his investment portfolio? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Just different way to look at it, right? Different way to look at it. Because his investment for, for portfolio doesn't have a what? A deed. That's right. Huh? But his house and his, his land has a deed. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like those were dispensated by the Lord himself. Mm-hmm. And that is a sacrosanct asset that we don't touch. Yep. But you and I see what? His net worth as what? All of his assets. All of his assets. Including his house and mm-hmm. his land. Mm-hmm. Now, I told them during the years when this market is low, and we li- give the portfolio a breather. Why would that be important to let the portfolio breathe and we not take the $40,000 out of there? It would be equivalent to kicking somebody when they're down. <laughs> yeah. It is the easiest way to say it, right? Yeah. And Americans are doing that all the time right. when the market mm-hmm. turns negative. And I'm telling you, folk. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to be one of these harbingers of bad news. Right. I, I am a very, very positive person, but I'm also a realist. Mm-hmm. And I look back through history yeah. and what happens. Does the market always go up, Bubba? No, it does not. It doesn't always go down either. No. But it's fairly volatile. Mm-hmm. And when you have some consistent positive experiences in this thing... I've been around enough to tell you there's a negative one coming. Now, it's not a conspiracy against you. No. It's not a conspiracy against Phil and his Mm -hmm. million dollars in his portfolio. It just happens. Mm -hmm. Huh? It rained and snowed around here the other day. For people who love rain and snow, they liked it. For people who didn't, it wasn't a conspiracy against Mm -hmm. them and their personal tastes. It just happened. That's right. And so market performance happens sometimes without your control, and sometimes uh, it really stresses you and your risk plans, which may may mean that you need to open up to other possibilities, Mm -hmm. other ways of getting this income. Now, does Phil need this $40,000 every year? Yeah. He's relying on it. Because he needs to keep the lights on? Mm Mm-hmm. He needs to keep gas in his four-wheeler. Yeah. Huh? He needs to be able to go to the grocery mm-hmm. store. He needs to be able to pay his di- his, 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 his deductibles right. and his co-pays. Mm-hmm. And he's determined, I need forty grand a year. Yeah. Whether the market is up or down. Mm-hmm. So then we find ourselves in a position of trying to decide, where do we take it? Mm-hmm. Where do we take this? Well, I'd say take it from the stock market portfolio if it's done well, but if it hasn't, mm-hmm. take it from something else. Now, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about practically how a reverse mortgage works, how that may not be for everybody, how much they cost, and at the end of a 25- or 30-year window, what Phil's total net worth may look like from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertop. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk uh, all over Mississippi and all over the world if you uh, choose to stream. Uh, and uh, we thank you for listening and really appreciate the support and always appreciate those people who are sponsoring here, uh, us here at the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba, we're talking about uh, trying to mitigate risk and handle risks and and uh, one or two assumptions we made about this daddy warbucks fill in our example first of all we said he's got a million dollar portfolio and a little bit of liquidity and some savings in the bank and he's got some property and he's got a house and all that sort of stuff and we made this assumption and that is he wants to leave this to somebody Mm -hmm. does everybody want to leave what they've worked hard in their lifetime for to somebody, you know, we've we've talked about this before, and and uh, I could say, it it usually is it's about sixty forty. I think sixty mm-hmm. percent of the folks uh, are interested in leaving something to another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be about twenty percent of those who say, if there's anything left over, great, but I'm not really that worried about it. Mm-hmm. And then another twenty percent that say, absolutely not, I don't want to leave a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've done my job, I've raised my children, they're on their own, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and they don't need anything from me. I'm leaving it to charity, or I'm spending it all. And I'm trying to work out mm-hmm. that thing, that calculation Bubba's helping me with, yeah. related to my day to death. That's right. I want the last check to bounce. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm having a ball. I work my rear end. And, and yep. you know, we could have this moral mm-hmm. discussion. And I've even had preachers who pulled out verses of Scripture trying to prove yep. whether one of these three options is right morally, mm-hmm. ethically, spiritually or not. But it's just who you are. Right. And you may be somebody who's willing to eat cat food to leave a chunk to somebody mm-hmm. else because we want them to be better. Right. Than we were. Mm-hmm. Want to have it? Want them to have it better than we did? And you say that's about fifty to sixty percent of the people. Fifty to sixty percent. About forty percent of the people say, "Yeah, it'd be fine," but I'm not eating the cat food, Bubba. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Greg, I'm not doing the reverse mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my portfolio do what my portfolio does, and I kind of uh, trust you guys on the management of it. Mm-hmm. But if I get to the end. And there's only 20% of what I started with that leave that, that goes to them. Fine. I got them through college. They ought to be able to stand on their own two mm-hmm. feet. But I'm not against leaving them anything. But yeah. I'm also not staying home from yeah. Tahiti if That's the boys right. want to go. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, re- I'm reminded of Rodney Dangerfield in the movie uh, Caddyshack when he, when he says, I got to watch out for number one. <laughs> And make sure you don't step in number two. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. So uh, some people are that, and then some people, they intend to, mm-hmm. to use it all because they saved it for themselves. Wherever you are is, is your thing and how you mm-hmm. sleep at night and what you want. But in our assumption, we were assuming that Daddy Warbucks Phil was intending to leave this million-dollar portfolio and this $100,000 mm-hmm. house, $100,000 piece of property, and 100000 in the bank. All that added up, he intended to leave it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't I want to, if, if that's my intent, don't you think it's my intent to leave them as much as I can? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those other people who, eh, it's okay if they get anything or no, I don't intend to leave them anything. But if I'm one of those 50 or 60% of the people who are listening mm-hmm. to us and intend to leave it to the next generation, I probably want to leave them as much in the pile right. as I can. Mm-hmm. 
Now, my pile, my net worth w- was made up of what? Let's review. You've got a, a million dollars worth of uh, investments. Mm. You've got $100,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. You've got a $100,000 house and $100,000 worth of land. So you add it all up. $1.3 million. Right now, as of today, the day he says mm-hmm. he wants to retire and he's never getting another paycheck, it's $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. I think in his mind, he's got $1.3 million almost etched in stone. Right. Like the good Lord and Moses and mm-hmm. Charlton Heston up on yeah. that hill. Yeah. All right? It's etched in stone. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to leave, at least that. So related to risks in his life over the next 25 or 30 mm-hmm. years, he's trying to keep the wolves at bay. So $1.3 million is at least left to right. somebody else. And the best way to do it is to use the various assets at different times based on market conditions. Mm-hmm. Don't just ride the only pony, the one pony to death. Right. And that's what we see happening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Some people just ride the investment portfolio. Yeah. Well, what if we have a 1999, 2000, 2001 come along? What have you done to that investment portfolio? Yeah, you've, Taking out one of its legs. Yeah. And so maybe it's only six or seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. in twenty or thirty years. And let's say that your savings in the bank went up a little mm-hmm. and that your house increased in value a little. Did it go up enough to make up for the three or four hundred thousand that the market has pulled the portfolio down? Usually not. So now that number you had in your head, one point three million, mm-hmm. probably less. Do you think that as he gets older and he's in his nineties and the market has picked on him, he's mm-hmm. had a sequence of returns that he wasn't a bad a bad investor. No. Do good investors sometimes see their their values uh, and their portfolios go down? Absolutely. And if you don't, you're not plowing deep enough. <laughs> yeah. And quite actually, professionals mm-hmm. sometimes have losses. Yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. It just happens. And if that happened at the wrong sequence to him, and he's still pulling $40,000 every year out of that one asset, mm-hmm. he may not have the 1.3. That's right. So if I told him, hey, man, here's some... Uh, uh, calculations using Monte Carlo simulation. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, what is Monte Carlo simulation? Uh, so uh, you think of Monte Carlo, you think of uh, a casino type of an environment, right? Yeah, yeah. But really what Monte Carlo is in this instance is uh, a, a sequence of calculations. I think it's like 270-something mm-hmm. uh, different calculations that they, that they mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. They could uh, take in the majority of all different scenarios and how he would wind up at the end of those. So if coming the, up with an average. So if large caps went up, yeah. this is what it looked yeah. like. If small caps dominated, this way, if they re- they take uh, maybe a best case scenario and a worst case scenario and all scenarios in between, mm-hmm. and come up with an average. Yeah. And they say based on this Monte Carlo simulation mm-hmm. uh, of all these different outcomes, mm-hmm. this is on average where you ought to be at the end of a period of time. All right. So it, it, earlier I said mm-hmm. that this ninety five percent. So if you looked at somebody in his, his mm-hmm. face and said, man, I cannot. If we do the traditional thing mm-hmm. where we leave the real estate alone, we leave the cash alone, we only pick on the investment portfolio, 
I can't guarantee you there's going to be the 1.3 at the end. I hope there is. And I, you know, I hope I do a really good job along the way of coaching you and changing and rebalancing and whatever. But I Especially at that rate of distribution. I can't you know, if the rate of distribution was one and a half, two percent, maybe you'd have a, 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 better, a, a better feeling about it, better yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah, a better, a better mm-hmm. percentage of probability that right. it'll be positive. Mm-hmm. But if I could come along and say, here's a 95 percent mm-hmm. chance, I mean, that's almost 100. Right. That you'll have at least the 1.3, mm-hmm. if not more, in 30 mm-hmm. years if you do it this way. You think he would be willing to listen even I, if I pick on the sacrosanct ass at the house? I think I think he would. Because quite actually, when I'm sitting there and I'm mm-hmm. talking to the kids and the nieces and the nephews, uh, they're just looking at the bottom line. They're mm-hmm. looking at the net worth thing, the 1.3 million he yep. says he wants to leave mm-hmm. them. They're, they're probably not that emotional about his house. Right. Like, they're not emotional about that uh, Jackson, Mississippi bond he has mm-hmm. in there. They don't care. Correct. They just want it to mm-hmm. perform. They want it to have some value. They want it to grow and mm-hmm. produce income and interest and, and dividends and whatever. They want, It's just a financial holding. It's not mm-hmm. emotional. Right. But sometimes I get emotional about a thing that has a Mm -hmm. deed associated with it. Now, I don't. Do you sell reverse mortgages? I don't. I don't sell reverse mortgages. I don't sell reverse mortgages. I'm not trying to talk you into this, or we make more money, or I've got a friend who does this. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you that this recently came out. These Mm -hmm. statistics recently came out. This gives you a 95% shot to have some. Success at the mm-hmm. end of a long period of time with a consistent yeah. amount of withdrawals if you'll consider all assets that you right. hold. Mm-hmm. Consider them all. Let them all possibly provide income and give you possibility of growth. And in the end, give somebody else a value to count on. We talk about those things here from the Advisors Roundtable at Super Talk Radio. Have a great day. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.